Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, John Ledyard, along with Trevor Sykema of PewterReport.com covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who's... Uh, currently just dealing with the situation and the plight that your Florida guys, we're, we're not sure what's going to happen with them exactly, but not great. Two of our, 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 well, I don't want to say favorite, but guys, prospects that we liked a lot, at least, uh, Jordan Scarlett, Antonio Callaway, their future's up in the air right now. And two prospects we may not be able to talk about as much as your little heart would have wanted to. So how are you dealing right now? Um, nothing's official yet, but not great word on the horizon for mm-hmm. the Gator players who have been suspended. And uh, that's all I'll say because I don't want to spe- I don't want to speculate too much because obviously it's a big deal, but right. um, not uh, not looking great on the home front right now for yeah. those guys. Um, well, Florida has the goat anyway, Felipe Franks, and he pulled it out. Can and we not call him the goat, please? Can, can well, first I think you maybe need to give him a little more respect on his name because l- let's be honest, what was your reaction when that play happened against Tennessee and they won on the on the it was the last play of the game, right? A giant sarcastic laugh. For How like a couple, yes, oh for for a couple of reasons. One, Florida's awful. Florida's terrible. They did not deserve to win that game sure. in any way. <laughs> um, the offensive coordinator is like it clearly or him or Mac. I don't know. They're clearly in Felipe Frank's head because on that last play of the game, when you let him just basically play backyard football, stud, like lets it loose, can pinpoint throw. The ball. Yeah, it was great throw. And, I mean, they were playing cover two instead of prevent defense when all you had to do was not give up <laughs> touchdown. So, I mean, Tennessee's d- dumb. Um, but Butch Jones should have been fired a long time ago. That's beside the point. Right, agreed. But, the, like, even in the postgame interview, like, they uh, – Allie LaForce said something to McElwain, and she was like, you're right, you're a freshman quarterback. Uh he played more like a veteran today, didn't he? Like just like trying to like recap the win, and Mac kind of like looked at her and was just like, "Yeah, he proved he can throw the ball far." That's about it. And oh like, my gosh, he didn't say that's about it, but like he he said, she's. I think she said, "Did your redshirt freshman quarterback prove he uh, was more of a veteran today?" And he said, "He proved to me he can throw the ball a long way," and kind of <laughs> smiled. And that's it. But like that was the whole thing, dude. Florida totally deserved to lose that game, and McElwain knows it. So, I mean, like, it's crazy when your team does a miracle thing like that, but it's so weird when, like, your team is also bad. So you know that that miracle win might keep people around longer than they should be. So that was my total thoughts. I love that Tyree was the guy who caught it because Tyree Cleveland's a stud. So. Yeah, Remember the name he, he's a little exciting. Yeah, I agree with that one. He's a little exciting. Uh, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek has been really beneficial to me in the past, whether I'm shopping for tickets for concerts or 
or for sporting events. And now with the seasons just underway, if you're looking uh, for those events, uh, this is the way to go. Uh, get the app on your phone. It, it makes everything extremely simple and straightforward. Uh, some of the best things they do, they, they save you the time and the money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, Seeky grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And best of all, our listeners get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase Trevor, we didn't talk about the quarterback performances from this past weekend in college football because we get so caught up in talking about all the different NFL things. But, man, we had these are going to be performances I think we can come back to for at least three of these guys and draw some pretty big conclusions. Let's start with Lamar Jackson because we had said going into the game how he performed against Clemson would tell us a lot about what kind of a prospect he was moving forward because... Clemson was definitely the best te- best defense, maybe maybe the best defense sure. in the country that he mm-hmm. would face. Having said that and having seen the game, what did you feel like you learned about Lamar Jackson? So that was the first time that I that I had seen Lamar Jackson like in a full game this year. Like I'd watched little clips and everything of him, just because there's so many dang college football games, you know, we can't right. can't watch all of them. But and who wants to watch him against Purdue or? So, I mean, I had seen the highlights of, you know, like he's connected on a lot more of his passes. He's doing this and that. And um, Lamar Jackson did a ton of really good things against Clemson, including a handful of plays that I remember that run up the middle where he got almost in like right into the 10, five yard line. And it was called back. It was like a 50 yard run or something where it's just like, holy cow, man, that's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it was like, like a chop block away from the play that didn't even matter. I mean, it was a good yeah, call. And, but... and like he was just straight up gone. Um, so. There's still obviously the flash plays, and I wanted to make sure I, I mentioned the flash plays, even the ones that don't show up on the stat sheet that we definitely saw. But I'll also say, um, from what everybody was tweeting the past couple of weeks and talking about his performance and his accuracy, I thought he was going to be better. Because, right. I mean, he, he wasn't. Um, I'm not trying to be a Lamar Jackson hater because I like Lamar Jackson, but I really wanted to, I really wanted to see him be more accurate. And there were just passes that... And I understand that sometimes passes are, hey, you know, the wide receiver turned to his right, quarterback thought he was supposed to turn to his left, all that kind of stuff, and it just, you know, looks like a miss, but in reality, it's, you know, he put the ball where he was supposed to or where he wanted to, it's just a miscommunication. But there were still times where, you know, guys are coming over the middle, little timing routes where he's overthrowing guys, getting to the outside, throwing it late to him, things like that. And so that's my biggest takeaway from it. I don't care that, I don't care that they lost the game. Uh, I really don't. I, I just wanted to see Lamar be a little bit more consistent, and he wasn't. So right. I think it's fair. I think it's fair to say that he was going up against three top ten defensive linemen it, that Clemson has. And so uh, Brent Venables is also one of the best defense coordinators in college football. So that's why it was such a great test for Lamar Jackson. And I'll also say I don't think I don't think like the moment. Or the opponent was too big for him. Like I don't think he was right. bad. 
Do you? I don't. I don't think he was. No, I he think was an execution thing. He just misfired, and that's. Right. I mean, you don't want to see that, but that's kind of yeah, what I he, got. He didn't seem like he was overwhelmed by the stage necessarily. And, and here's another thing I'll add. You know, to to add nuance to this, um, to what we're talking about here, I didn't think protection was a big issue for Lamar Jackson. I expected protection to be a big issue, and if he played poorly, that to impact things. I thought Louisville's offensive line played pretty well. I know Clemson finished with four sacks, but a lot of those were because Joe Jackson's holding the ball, scrambling, trying to make things happen. I thought I thought Louisville's offensive line did pretty well. I thought Lamar Jackson's supporting cast was terrible. I thought that there were a lot of drops. Sure, A yes. lot of, you know, yes, it's not the most accurate throw, and it is on Jackson, but receivers didn't bail him out like ever last night, which is which is fine. That I mean, it doesn't take away from the fact that Jackson needed to improve in those areas, but I think it deserves mentioning that just based on his pure statistics, I didn't think he was, you know, 21 to 42. I thought there were a lot of catchable balls in there that receivers let him down on. Having said that, he threw behind a receiver to, to closer – more into the middle of the field, which is a big no-no on a corner route on their first drive, I think. Um, he he uh, he threw a hitch route behind his receiver. He threw a slant behind his receiver. Those are all you know dangerous throws when you're throwing those quick short ones. You know where the coverage is probably tighter and right that right there on top of the receiver. It's got to be accurate. And he was inaccurate in those areas of the field a couple times, um, and then. Later in the game, when things started to unravel a little bit for Louisville, he misread the linebacker on a, on a pick six. Um, he, he thought the linebacker was breaking to the flat. Uh, the linebacker instead sat uh, on the hitch route, and uh, I believe it was hitch, and, and picked it off and, and ran it back for a touchdown. And then the very next throw of the next drive, so Louisville got the ball back on the kick return, and then the very next throw of the next drive, he again stared down. I think it was his tight end on another. It was either hitch or um, or curl route or one of those. Um, and he and he stared him down the whole way and threw it as he came out of his break. And linebacker for Clemson, I think it was Kendall Joseph, dropped the interception. Uh, so it would have been probably another pick six on back to back play. So he kind of stacked the mistakes a little bit there, which you don't want to see. He did come back. Made some nice plays with Clemson playing a little bit of a softer coverage and, and threw a couple touchdowns late. And his first touchdown in the game, he had really good ball play. He was rolling to his right and threw back. Had really good ball placement away from the defender uh, to where his receiver could only get it going up top. Uh, so I thought it was a pretty good throw. I know a little bit of a risky throw, but a pretty good throw. But overall, yeah, I mean, the accuracy concerns. Um, I don't. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes or throw a lot of picks, so I think that was maybe a little bit situation pressing and trying to do a little bit too much um, and get the ball out a little bit too quickly. Um, athleticism was clearly on display, but I think the main thing is he had 17 carries for 64 yards in this game. That's an average of 3.8 yards per carry for the most part, and one of those was a 30-yard run. So outside of that one run, he was bottled up by Clemson's defense. Yeah, and yeah. so because of that, it becomes – if Jackson can't be, you know, as dynamic per per rush as he typically is, can he beat you and be effective, just as effective with his arm? Uh, because that's what you're going to have to do in the NFL. No, I love the I, fact I that mean, he can use his legs, but in the I NFL, mean, even if even if he is still good and you still like him, th- that right. phrase right there, can he be as effective? No, he can't. Right I, I now, mean, listen, I agree. You, you saying as effective? You throwing like as effective? No, right. because that's I mean, because but that's just like who, he, who he is, right? Yeah. I mean, we saw him misfire from the pocket, and I'm not, you know, tons of quarter like all kinds of quarterbacks misfire from the pocket. It's not a big deal, but Jackson is obviously special because of how well he does in the other parts of his game. So in the NFL, 
you know, the speed gets a lot faster, you know, the holes get a lot tighter, all this kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I I think Jackson's mental processing is actually pretty fine. By the way, how many times did you read the phrase mental processing on Saturday? I felt like that was like For Jackson. Phrase. No, just oh, like just in general. on Twitter, like <laughs> Rosen, uh, Rudolph, uh, Darnold, Jackson. Just I swear I read the phrase mental processing like eight <laughs> billion times. So I'm not really worried about that, about Lamar Jackson. Um, really, I'm right. just worried about the technical and the execution part of his game. Like if you can stand in the pocket and complete those little passes here and there, he's totally fine. I think that he the rest of his game is great. Um, and even if in the NFL when he's not the runner that – that, that he can be in college because that's obviously going to be the thing because the NFL game is so much faster. But if he can, if he can complete a couple more of those you know passes that we saw where it was just like, man, he was just late on that throw or just didn't put it where he needed to, he'll be fine. But against Clemson, he didn't show that. So that is what it is. Yeah, and I, I don't think it was like a disastrous performance for Lamar Jackson, though. Like, no, I don't think it was no. like a, this derails him as potentially, you know, being a top-tier quarterback in the class. I think he still has a ton of ability. In it. But consistency and accuracy are staples of good quarterback play to me. And to me, he's not he's not good enough in either of those two areas right now for me to get really hu- excited and hyped about him as a top 15 lock type of pick. But I do think he's still shown growth this season, so I'm excited to see where things go from here. And I didn't think this was a terrible performance against Clemson or anything. I, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was a good performance, but it was far from like a, the disastrous Josh Allen performances against freaking Oregon's defense. And <laughs> do we want to talk about Josh? Let's just talk touch on Josh Allen real quickly because he's basic in my mind. He's he's about cooked as a high end prospect. Um, you know, the media is probably going to talk about him so much. The other media. Uh, that we are going to have to address him again at some point. But, man, come on. Like, this is getting ridiculous, right? This guy is bad, right? I mean, he's not good. Yeah. He's no, not he's good. Not, he's not, he's not good. a good quarterback. And, he plays yeah, Oregon, and he goes like 3 of 16 for 13 yards. I mean, yeah, come we, on. Uh, you can name blame a supporting cast to a degree, but this is ridiculous. No, no, you can't. Um, we, we did our QB rankings, and going into the season, Josh Allen was my QB1 because there were so many things that I saw last year of him that I thought, wow, I think okay. he's worse. I think he's regressed. Oh my god, no question. No, and I, I looked at him and I thought, wow, you know, if these things that we are watching are building blocks, and if the mistakes that he's making are truly um, mistakes that you can get over, both with like technical refinement and better mental processing. There's the word, um, or there's the phrase. Then I was like, man, there's a lot to like. He's got a lot of tools, and a lot of people thought that too, and a lot of people still think that. But we are how many games in? Three games into the college football season. Yeah, he's back. He's not. He's not even like, like the guy last year that you thought had tools is literally not even worth worth mentioning anymore. He's that like not with the top tier guys anyway. He is Christian Hackenberg. I mean, he's Christian he, Hackenberg. He's he still has like he, he still has that like the skill set where you're like okay, day three is a long shot. Let's take him and try and because his arm is unbelievable. I mean, I think it's fantastic. And I like his setups in the pocket, his experience from under center. I, I like some of the things about him, but. The dude's 9-24 for 64 yards against Oregon's defense. I mean, not, no disrespect to Oregon, but, like, we're not trying to act like they have an elite defense right now, are we? Like, because no. I'm not here for that. So, I mean, I know you play for Wyoming, dude, but you're 9-24 of 24 for 64 yards and you threw a pick and you had a couple other ones you got away with. And he doesn't manage the pocket well. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. I don't – I don't – I'm, I'm honestly – you know, we're going to have to talk about him because he's going to still, because he got this top five hype for whatever reason. But 
No way I'm touching that guy before day three. No chance. Nope. Nope. Let's talk about Sammy D. What'd you think? Sammy Darnold, tough, tougher game than people thought it would be. Uh, I am Um, more impressed with uh, Deontay Burnett. How about that? More impressed with Deontay Burnett than Sam Darnold? I mean, just just kind of like as a a little additional point. He's good, isn't he? He is so fun. Yeah, he's, he's very really, fun. Yeah, he's he's a boss. So he made a lot of things happen for Sam Darnold. I think I thought Sam Darnold was fine though. You know, I didn't, it wasn't this all world game. But here's the I, thing with Sam Darnold: How the heck did Texas play that good man? Texas how defense looked for real? How their defense? Have Ronald Jones Charlie had 18 Strong's carries defense. for 47 That's yards. That's Charlie Strong's defense to you, sir. Oh yes, right, exactly. Not Tom Herman's guys yet. Um, but <laughs> Darnold. Here's the thing about Darnold: 28 of 49. 397 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Darnold is going to be the toughest evaluation in this quarterback class because he is not mechanically conventional and at all. He still can make wow throws. And remember what we always talk about with splash plays and wow throws. Splash plays and wow po- wow throws or you know wow runs whatever it might be. Those types of plays carry big heavy weight with us in our minds psychologically. So when we evaluate Sam Darnold, we think of him being able to make those throws and we say he can quote-unquote make all the throws, we point to those throws. But his mechanics are so bad at times Not that, great. They, that they also lead to tons of inaccuracy. So while, yes, he may make a wild throw with those mechanics, inaccuracy is a concern. Turnovers are a concern. I mean, he threw two picks in this game. The first one was, was not his fault, but the second one was a terrible decision and a terrible throw. Um, that you can't make in that situation in the game. And that's been a consistent thing with Sam Darnold. Now, I'll say this. He absolutely does not let his mistakes add up. Like, he is mentally strong enough to come back and then lead his team down the field in, in, for a score the next round. Which I mean, is definitely yeah. worth noting, right? right. For, oh, yeah. It's uh, we talk about as could be erratic. I think he, yeah. You know. I think he has a very short memory. I think mentally he's ahead of the game. I think his processing is great. He throws with anticipation really well. Every coach's dream, deceptively yeah. athletic, always in his <laughs> He play. actually is deceptively a athletic. A real gym rat. No, yeah, I know he kind of is. He kind of is. Like, he's not like um, – this is gonna. I don't think he's like Ben Roethlisberger or anything. First like guy that, but, in, last guy out. <laughs> you know how Ben Roethlisberger's like manages the pocket well, but he's clearly a terrible athlete. You know if that makes any sense. But he's just yeah. like a very aware, so he's like a step ahead of everybody else. That's like Sam Darnold in the pocket to me. He finds like the nicest, softest little niche where he can make a throw and get. I mean, the jump pass was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. He that stepped was. up into the pocket, into a condensed area, and had to like jump to get the throw off, and it was right on the button as he got hit. I mean, that's now, a gamer-type like, throw. On, I like Mason Rudolph um, probably more than a good amount of people, but well, you're wrong, I, think but. Jo- I think Josh Allen has the best arm in the class, but it's clear that he has no idea how to use it. Does Darnold have the second-best arm in the class? Because, I mean, you, you watch these plays where, like you said, his feet aren't set. He's falling backwards. He's making a jump pass, and his arm can get it wherever it needs to be. Sometimes it doesn't happen like that because there's mechanics, isn't, there's mechanics involved. But his arm can get the ball, like, anywhere. Yeah. That stuff is so, – so, like, I'm a big Mason Rudolph fan. Mason Rudolph's got a huge arm. I think Sam Darnold might have the second-best arm in the class. I don't know. I think you might be right. I, also, I like what I like about Darnold is that like he can. 
I mean, Lamar's Lamar's arm is is Lamar's arm is great for like the the, the flick, you know, uh, velocity oh throws. That Mike you know Dick what I mean? Flick throw, holy yeah, cow! He has that. Anyway. Guy. I don't know for distance yeah. if he's as good, but but what I like about Darnold, Darnold can throw like he throws it uh, uh, like a bullet pass, like a, a a high velocity pass, but he throws it on like a trajectory. It's like he'll like drop it in. It's like when you have those, those graphics or whatever, and you draw like the, the arcing line and then drop it right. He'll throw over, over like the first level of defenders. And in before the second level of defenders, you know, like behind the linebackers before the safeties, but it'll like drop it in with pace. And like, he has like a, such a neat trajectory on the ball at times. I think where it just like, it travels right to its spot, you know, and, and it looks perfect. But the problem is, it's just way too few and far between. I mean, he's just too inconsistent. He makes too many mistakes right now. He makes too many throws that he shouldn't. And while I love a lot of his intangibles and his toughness and the way he manages the pocket, and um, those things are going to get him killed in the NFL. He can't be this mechanically messy and this decision making messy and 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 be successful right away in the NFL. Now, <clears throat> I'm not going to rule out like whether he could go to the NFL and develop. But if he comes out to the draft this year, based on what we've seen so far, three games in, if he comes out to the draft this year, he is going to need to land in a really good spot. Because if he goes somewhere where everything's all hell around him, like the Jets, might be the last we hear of Sam Darnold in a positive light. Because he is not a finished product in any way. And that's why I think the rumors are out there that he could go back to school. He's only a redshirt sophomore. He shouldn't be a finished product. I don't know whether he goes back to school or not because money's going to be on the line. He's probably going to go high no matter what. I mean, the the thirst for quarterbacks is insane. But I think that for his career in the NFL to When he goes to Jags. Uh, it's better. It's better. I could be talked into it. We'll see what they do. But I can I could be talked into that. I, I could definitely be talked into that. We but need to play a game. Coaching's we need to play a too. game at some point this week where – It'll be, are the Jags a playoff team? And it'll be like, are the Jags a playoff team? And I'll, I'll name quarterbacks, and you'll say yes or no. <laughs> not rookies. Not rookies even. Just like NFL quarterbacks. Because right. I was having this game in my head last night. Because um, I remember somebody with NFL Network telling me, or like a couple months ago, that the Jags literally have all pro players at basically every other position. Right. Not every other position. But he said, like, it's a team full of all pros, and they're going to win five games because they're the, their quarterback. So... Well, we're going to play that game at some point. Yeah, I mean, th- there would be a funny thing if the Jaguars took Sam Darnold, another mechanically wacky quarterback after Blake Bortles. I don't know how they would feel about doing something like that, but interesting to keep in the back of our heads. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, you saw the best of Sam Darnold in this game and you saw the worst of Sam Darnold in this game, and that's becoming a trend. We're seeing both the best and the worst of him in just about every game this season, and I think that's what it'll be continuing to move forward. He is clearly a talented player, both mentally and physically, who has a lot of upside. I just don't know that we're going to see him get anywhere close to his peak by the end of this season. And that worries me for the NFL that could throw him to the Wolves on a bad team early on where that stuff hasn't had a chance to get worked out. So that's kind of where I am on Sam Darnold. You're you're going to see the plays that make you shake your head and the plays that make your jaw drop. Like It's going to be consistent. Um, I don't think you're seeing that from Josh Rosen. Uh I don't think he's been very good. I don't know what I'm seeing from Josh Rosen. <laughs> I don't think he's been very good. Like, No. I, I no. don't. I think he's been unimpressive. Uh, 34, no. 56. I know you see the 463 yards on the four touchdowns. You're playing freaking Memphis, dude. Like, 
I mean, everybody was thrown all over each other in this game. He also throws two picks. Bad decisions continue. Um, there is, there's a lot of fun involved in watching Rosen. Um, there's a lot of things to root for. He plays hero ball a lot, and yeah, that's tons. that's that's a that's a really fun thing to get behind him. When you talked about those those splash plays earlier in the podcast, like Rosen is full of splash plays. Like the when they were playing Texas A&M, right? The yeah. giant comeback, you know, the quarterback leading the comeback, all this stuff. Rosen should have thrown at least two, probably three interceptions that would have stopped that from ever being a narrative. Right. Like, what? And he, like, admitted it after the game. He was like, yeah, I mean, we got lucky. White literally went right through Armani Watts' hand. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, it was not. We, we get, again, to, we got hyped about the result, but the process was bad. And now the process played its way out because the process, the process. continued. <laughs> you gotta trust the fraud. The process yeah. continued, and now Rosen lost to Memphis. And it wasn't just him, obviously, but through two picks in that game. I mean, those are big, big mistakes in a game like that. It was it was generally just too inaccurate a lot of the time. I mean, thirty four fifty six is very. I, whereas I thought I said Lamar Jackson had some drops. I thought thirty four fifty six was pretty indicative of how Rosen threw the ball. Now there were. I'm not going to say his receivers didn't make any mistakes at all. They they did, but. Um, I thought a lot was on him, um, and and he, right now he is just very helter skelter. He reminds me honestly of of Cutler's playing style, but without the arm. Like I don't think he has that elite arm. So, Interesting. you know, I, you know what I mean though. Like he's sure. he's wild. He plays hero ball. He forces the ball into tight windows. He acts like no mistake is you know he that he can make any mistake. You know what I mean? It's just like there's no consequence for any mistake that he might make, and um, there's just kind of that that way about him, you know, that, that reminds me of the way Cutler, just kind of this careless nature of throwing, and sometimes it worked Cutler, he'd lead arms. So he could, you know, he'd have these monster games and then he'd throw four picks the next week. And, you know, Rosen, I don't think has the lead arm that Cutler has, but I think that the playing style is somewhat similar. So I don't know. Bottom line, I freaking nailed this thing because I told y'all this quarterback class was y'all were overhyping it and they've been disappointing to start the year. They've been, it hasn't been clear cut. Oh, there's four Andrew Lux in this class or anything like that. There's no question it hasn't been that way. Yeah, maybe injured Andrew Luck. <laughs> I don't even know. Injured? I take injured Andrew Luck. All right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna fire this out at you right now. Is Andrew Luck gonna play this year? Go. Yeah, I mean probably. You got five seconds. He'll to probably answer. play when they're like zero and eight. So it'll be like season over, you, and you, you you throw Andrew Luck out there when you're owning. No, but the Colts, well, they're horrible. They're terrible about everything that they do. Why would they change that? Uh, wow, well, that's not right. going to change. They're garbage, right. garbage organization that's making one of the best quarterback prospects ever go to waste uh, and mismanaging his health, mismanaging the roster, mismanaging his career. It's a disaster. If I could send one organization and just burn them, it would be Indianapolis. Just burn them. Wow, terrible. you're making some enemies because I know some Colts. I know some Colts friends. Shout out! Shout out to my Twitter Colts friends. Um, yeah, they all hate I'm the Colts also, organization too. <laughs> I'm also I am also a lifelong Indianapolis Colts fan since they drafted Quincy Wilson and Malik <laughs> Hooker. Uh, uh, so I take offense what, to this, sir. A couple as months a lifelong ago, <laughs> Colts fan. They're um, terrible. I do hope Chris Ballard turns things around, but man, what's it going to be? Lux Lux been screwed. They up just at this I point. mean Pagano's got to be out, oh, right? But got to be out five years ago. Pagano, Marvin Lewis, who else? Uh, Jim, John Fox, um, friggin' how are those dudes? They need Canham. Canham now. Jim McElwain. Wait, what? Sorry. <laughs> not, not a lie though. Not a lie. Um, okay, Mason Rudolph. Let's let's just address it. He's been really good, right? Goat. 
Yeah, be- I, I told you. Pitt's I tried, formidable I tried to secondary. You. I tried to tell you, and you didn't listen to me. Yeah, because it's not true. Wait till it, if he gets tested all year long. You know which... who we haven't talked about is uh, Jake Browning at all. But I mean, oh, like, I have not watched any well, Washington we, games live. We don't really talk about undraftable guys too often. So, all right. Well, I mean, he's just gonna like he's gonna put up video game numbers again in the Pac-12. So I think you know we should talk about him at some point. Let's not talk about him now because I haven't watched a Washington game yet because they play at one in the morning. His um, arm is a marshmallow. His what? His arm is a marshmallow. It is. It is. I was one of the people um, who who last year. There were some that were tweeting at me and saying like, "Hey, you know, like Washington's offense, John Ross, they got a chance to upset Alabama." And I just went, "Okay, sure, sure, buds. okay." <laughs> and sure, uh, my boys. then uh, we saw what we saw. Don't then doubt. Got rocked. Is it is it gonna be? Is it gonna be Alabama Clemson for the third year in a row? I mean, it definitely could be, but Oklahoma's good. Oklahoma's yeah. good. They're good, and and I don't think Oklahoma they're like a pushover on D. Can't both make the playoff, can they? What's that? Can Oklahoma and Oklahoma State both make the playoff? You think? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't think they could. I mean, because maybe they both, could. Both of them would beat Ohio State, right? Well, Oklahoma's still got some tests. Texas is playing well. Kansas State's still tough. Oklahoma State, then they play each other. TCU's playing tough this year, even on defense. So. I don't think well, both okay, of them so get if, there. if 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 the only loss, could, wait, does the Big Twelve have a championship game now? I don't think they it do, does, right? Does it? No, they I, do. Right? I can't remember. I, I think they remember. do. Dang it! Now I can't. Now I gotta. Now I gotta freaking look it up. Well, do they talk have... about talk about something else? Distract the people. Well, Penn State. Uh, we can't forget about them because right now are they ever going to play a, a school that's not legally blind? <laughs> uh, they play Iowa this week. Iowa got. Uh, I was bad. Um, Indiana. <laughs> I was trying to make a little case for Iowa. There. No go. Uh, I don't think Michigan's even very good, but they play Michigan and Ohio State. Oh wait, this is the first year since 2010 that they'll that have one. Gonna, that they're going to have a Big Twelve championship game. How about Penn State iced the Georgia State kicker when they were up 56 to nothing? What Dude, a savage! It. Dude, you got to practice. You got to practice like it's the national championship, man. Oh, what a tool bag. James Franklin is awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Listen, I I am all for like if you don't like it, stop it. But at some when you're playing freaking Georgia State, draw the line. Throw the ta- like, come on, let them get a field goal, man. No, dude. No. Or no at worries. the very least, let him attempt it. He said he no. didn't have like his fourth punt or his fourth kick block team in because they had the fourth teamers in. He took a little jab at Georgia State in post game just by saying Georgia freaking state, man. This dude, what are you, what are you gonna do, man? Unbelievable. So they missed it. They missed the thirty-one yard field goal and they lost fifty-six nothing. Got your shutout, bud. So the Big 12 is going to be, can confirm now, the Big 12 no longer has divisions, and they're going to be, uh, it's just the number one and number two seed uh, that will play. So So I guess. Would would they repeat then if they're the number one and number two teams? I mean, they're going to be, right? I suppose they could because it's going to go by conference. That's really Um, weird. So they're going to play again. if, if, If Oklahoma's undefeated. If and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are undefeated when they play, and only one, you know, like one of them loses, and that's the only loss, I'm pretty sure that the rest of the schedule would work out to where they're still both the one and the two seeds, so we get a rematch. 
So we get a rematch of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Uh, I think. I believe wow. so. Hopefully we're right about that because if not, a bunch of people on Twitter are going to be like, you guys are idiots. What are you talking about? That's not going to happen. But I'm sure I trust you. I trust your reading comprehension. I just, you know. You really shouldn't. No, but I, I do. I do. Trust it a lot. Um, uh, so but potentially we get that rematch. We'll get to see Mason Rudolph go up against somebody half decent at least twice. So there's that. Also, Texas defense looks all right. So, you know, maybe they'll give them a little test and – TCU's played well. They got they got TCU coming up. Mason Rudolph's got TCU this weekend. That could, that's a good one. I'm, I'm here for that. I want to see it. All right. Maybe he'll maybe he'll finally get tested a little bit. Um. Anyway, we've gone on way too long with this podcast, but a lot of good quarterback talk. And I thought last week was a good one for evaluating the quarterback class. So we'll be back. Uh, when will we be back? Uh, oh, tomorrow, and we'll talk more about. Some of the rookies that we did, or some of the college football prospects, or NFL draft prospects that we didn't get to today, um, and we'll make sure we let you guys know about those guys and and talk about some of the other guys that stood out because there were a ton of names for me uh, from non quarterbacks that stood out. But just so much going on in the quarterback realm this year that I feel like we have to designate a whole show to it almost. So we well, tomorrow we can talk about a lot of the other guys. Oh yeah, to. oh yeah, we're gonna keep bringing it on. Luck, on the whatever we class. want. Yeah, so. exactly. It's our it's our freaking show. Um, so. As always, thank you guys so much for listening and um, keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17